trying to work out our incomings and outgoings during the winter transfer window, welcome to Hand of Pod. of Hand of Pod, we're not going to be back on a weekly basis for the next, uh, well in fact we're going to I guess take next week off and then try and record after that as the uh, the new season preview, um, but it's an irregular update for you, we're recording on a Friday night which is a very peculiar sensation for all of us, I'm Sam Kelly, we're sitting here in English Dam's living room, hello, he was waving then and then he realised that he you couldn't see that all. I was waiting because I had my yeah. mouth full of um, <laughs> cheese triangles. Yeah, I didn't really introduce you at the best possible moment. Did no, I? you it's kind of come by surprise. That, that. Um, and we're joined this week by Santiago. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Santi. Good to be back. Uh, the reason that I made this introduction about trying to work out who we've got in and who we've got leaving is that, uh, as a few of you know, Dan's joined the editorial side of the team at the Buenos Aires Herald, the English language newspaper in the city, which has been going since about the 1880s or I something. I think it's like the second oldest paper in Argentina or something like that. Yeah. I think the Rosario, what is that name? Just got away from me. La Capital. La Capital. That's the one. I think that's the oldest, yeah. Yeah. But was, um, well, running, yeah. A little bit of, of a history lesson for you there. Uh, so congratulations to Dan, as we said, in fact, last week or the week before. When we Thank recorded you. that yeah. last time. I had my first two weeks and it's, it's been going well. Excellent. Nice to hear it. What it does mean, given Dan's uh, current schedule, is that we're going to be a bit stuck for regular guests uh, from almost now on which is why we're recording on a Friday this time, to make it a little easier. Um, we won't be able to do that during the season, of course, so we're going to be... Uh, Hand of Pod will always involve me, and hopefully at least two other people, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to be scrimping around and seeing who's available on given weeks um, in the future. But anyway, we've got a fair bit to talk about. It's been, what, two and a half weeks since we last recorded. Since when, we've had the super finale between Newells and Vélez. We've had riots at Independiente's AGM. Um, we've had two legs of Newell's old boys Copa Libertadores semi-final against Atletico Mineiro, Ronaldinho's side. Uh, we've had the AFA going back on a long-planned ID scheme that they've been claiming is going to come into effect for the last six years, and now they've said, no, it's not, three days or so before it goes permanent. Um, we've got transfer stuff to talk about. Where shall we start? Shall we start with what happened long to go right after we recorded the last episode? two big events on the Friday and then the Saturday um, the Friday I think it was the Friday wasn't it it was Independiente's AGM um, this is back well two weeks ago today in fact wasn't it um, with Javier I forgot his name I was going to say Cantero Cantero Independiente president being uh, bombarded with missiles and chairs and, and shoes and all kinds of things uh, from the sort of area the, the sort of raised seating I guess around the that was, was from down the it was on the floor yeah, the down the floor. afterwards as well yeah. um, led by the independent Barra Brava um, and the opposition <laughs> possibly <laughs> possibly well, I mean we don't want a lawsuit here but allegedly by Hugo Moshano yeah. the union leader who's yeah. been very active recently no, no, it's, the same, did, um, it's the same Moshano was it 
Yeah, yeah, Machado. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Machado has a lot of people in, in the Pinyente. Oh. And his son as well, Pablo, is is very involved in it. Yeah. Ah, right. So Pablo's the name I'd heard before, and I didn't realise that he was the son of. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, you know, obviously active in camioneros, like the truckers' union, and right. the most powerful union in the country, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, and they're also very active in uh, in the Pinyente opposition. I see. So it's the very same. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realise that. Um, so th- this is. In, in a way, it was entirely predictable, obviously, the, the fact that Cantero's been at war with, with the Barra Brava uh, for the last, well, getting on for two years, I suppose now. And it's um, it, it's really just made him more determined than ever, from from what he said in public, at least, to, to carry on, hasn't he? He was talking before about possibly retiring, and after this happened, he said, no, I'm not retiring, I can't let these guys win. Um, it's difficult to see any other result. It's really. strange to see the difference between what happened when Independiente actually got resigned in the stadium and what happened then. Yeah, I was going to say it was such a shame because up to then, you know, uh, That's when I you thought see. the fans of Independiente and even the Barra up to a point had handled the relegation really, really quite admirably. You know, there was no big protests, no smashing up the city, the headquarters, no, you know, ripping chairs up in the stadium. It was all, you know, everyone was obviously devastated, very sad, and then yeah, like, then all of a sudden in that the general meeting it just exploded. Yeah, that's how you see. This is was obviously orchestrated. This is not the, the what. Yeah, I mean there was not representative. No, there were stories that the people on the door were letting those. were just letting people through to the floor and all yeah. you know all sorts of all sorts of stories. Yeah. Not representative yeah. of what the independent fan really feels. Yeah. I think. Well, I don't know, especially if it was if it was organised by the Barra or it was kind of the Barra being organised by someone else. Right. in opposition which is one of the things I've heard because mm. you know we know I think we've talked about a lot on this program you know uh, the Barra are basically guns for hire fugs for hire they, go, yeah. they do the bidding of who pays them the most and who gives them the most power and in this case it seems to be like Moshano was mm-hmm. is a very good candidate so let's not give the Barra too much credit they you know it wasn't an orchestrated effort by them to get Candero out they were just doing what they do best fucking up stuff on the orders of someone else absolutely yeah but it, it made me remember a few years ago I wrote a, a piece for I think it was for When Saturday Comes about the does anybody else remember you might even have been there Dan the Avellaneda um, Clásico that I think was played at Venice for some reason and the Independientes Barra Brava it was an Independiente home match they provided the security they, they went in they gave them security you know the barras. Yeah, I can't remember that NGO. specific instance, but um, oh, before the World Cup, like yeah, yeah, yeah that, that also yeah. happened. That happened a lot under Julio Comparado. Right. Yes, yeah. yeah. It was the, you know, it wasn't anything that just for a classic. I remember happened. I think in a sort of any kind of match and mm, on a well. number of occasions. Yeah, this was when Big Baby Alvarez, the uh, the leader of, of Independientes Barra. Um, was claiming that he wanted to, to take the Barra Brava down a new route and, and make them into a, a force for peace and good in the Argentine game. Why is it always independent? This, this stuff happens with this them. happened with um, the Barra Brava trying yeah. to do it, and then Cantero tries to kick the Barra out yeah. when they stop being peaceful and start being violent. Yeah. Well, I don't know if any any of you saw it as well. This is kind of the route that um, Tacheres Barra has come come through. Oh yeah, they what was it about? I can't it's like six or seven years ago. They um, they killed an Atlanta fan. Outside Kawashita train station, and after that, you know, the Barra disbanded, uh, reformed under another name, La Fiel, and registered itself as an NGO. Hmm. And I saw there was a big uproar because they were getting a, um, a special award in the Cordoba um, provincial government. 
Wow. Like their services to something or other. Is this this award recent or? Yeah, I saw it this week on on the news. Oh wow, okay. So yeah. I mean the context or the the on pitch context, I guess of that. In that case, it's obviously the Tacheres, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, have come back up to the B Nacional, the second division. Yeah, um, it's all kind of that. They're, they're the club that Javier Pastore uh, made his, his breakthrough in from the youth teams. Yes. For anybody who's wondering whether they've heard the name before, um, it's a kind of recurring theme in some ways and I guess the peaceful or allegedly peaceful battle is you've always got to wonder what's, what the motivations are when someone does this I mean in Cantero's case of course the motivation is clear is the right thinking individual that wants the battle brought out uh, but when the battle themselves try and bring it on themselves it's always a little bit weird you know, it's just bizarre that without really much of a change in personnel in terms of the people at the top of the battery, Independientes has gone from this allegedly oh we want to be peaceful and nice and you know give everybody hugs and kisses to raging um, against against this guy who's who's trying to get them out well, of it's, it's not surprising at all. They were um, happy to go peaceful and keep picking up their their checks while Comparado was in and was friends with them. And now they see that threatened, they've they've gone back to the old way. It's mm. completely logical. I'm sure if that shitters would do exactly the same or any yeah. any other. They're always they're only peaceful for, uh, as long as things are going their way. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is a shame. Um, I suppose it's. it's one thing about it is, is good, which is the Comparada, uh, Cantero, sorry, has decided that he's not going to resign. On the other hand, he's still not actually confirmed that he's going to stand for re-election. I think it's still generally accepted that he's not going to December when, when Independiente's uh, presidential elections come. I don't up. think it would do anyone any favours if Cantero stood for re-election. He's going to lose. Yeah. Unfortunately so, like sadly so, but he hasn't got a catch chance and heard of getting another term you don't think any Independiente fans would, would still stick by him in spite of the relegation because they're on his side in terms of the bad or a handful will but between the ones that are sick of all the, um, all the violence around the club and just want to return to normality and the ones that blame him for taking them down it's, he's got very few allies left right uh, we do have an Independiente fan who I'm hoping to be able to get on either before the season starts or, or fairly early in the season to ask him about his thoughts he wasn't able to make it when we did the, uh, the post-relegation um, podcast but he's, he's, he's crying in a darkened room <laughs> yes yeah that, that's exactly how he was when I found him actually um, <laughs> but yeah moving on from there we after this the day after this and away from Independiente over in Mendoza in fact uh, quite a long way from Abechaneda and quite a long way from Liniers and Rosario as well we had uh, Vélez Sarsfield against Newell's Old Boys in the Super Final, which when the match kicked off was going to be another national championship for the winners. Um, and within 48, I don't know, 48, maybe 76 hours of the match ending, um, they had that championship. That's quite specific. Yeah, three days and three days, four hours. Three days and four hours. Sorry, 72. Yeah. 72 <laughs> hours, yeah, sorry. Uh, within 72 hours of, of the match ending, uh, they'd had that star taken away from them, that, that championship. Um, Match first of all, Bellis, Bellis uh, Newells, Bellis deservedly won, one 0 fairly early goal from Lucas Prato, and Newells clearly just weren't interested at all. There was a the penalty. Like, no, they are missed by Scott. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Scott yeah. had a penalty saved, and what the third, seventh penalty or something. His like third saved penalty in a row. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, saved or missed anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the others coming in the well, he missed one in the cup uh, in Pina, didn't they? And I can't remember what the other ones. Yeah, in the Premier game. Mm. Can't remember which one. Um, anyway, Newell's clearly didn't care. Gerardo Martino. Yeah, that's true. Gerardo Martino, in the days before the match, 
um, had been saying this is a silly championship for silly people basically pretty much his words more or less um, I can't see the point of it it seems bizarre to crown three champions in one season of the league uh, are you really going to give an extra national championship to a team for winning one match, match when there are only two teams that are able to compete and all the rest of it all perfectly legitimate I mean basically Gerardo Martino was giving my exact opinion so I'm not going to add anything to any of this I don't know what, what you guys think yeah, that's true. yeah I mean I'm not one who particularly counts trophies or says alright oh, one team's got more therefore they must be the best but it still seems a bit ridiculous well that's because you're a racing fan then, but then. <laughs> no I mean we could we could be seeing a very big bump in the Indeed, historical table and the but reason it still wouldn't the, the reason yeah. for this is obviously that the way that this season finished uh, people were a little bit confused um, people were asking well does this mean that when the torneo inicial starts we're not allowed to refer to Newell's as defending champions in that case because Vélez have already in which case did Newell's title defence only last for one week or two weeks um, like is this an entirely new championship what's going to happen at which point the AFA said no no they're both champions and then they went no actually that sounds silly doesn't it Vélez are champions and Vélez for winning the Inicial and Newell's for winning the final are winners in the vertical ganadores fantastic phrase I mean, what does that mean um, they came up with all of these explanations and then they said you know what we're going to sit down round the table and we're going to discuss it and we'll get back to you later <laughs> bear in mind that when Newell's won the Donnell final it was a championship and it was only the few days after that it, it, was, it was about four or five days after Newell's confirmed the, the victory in the Donnell final and of course the, the second to last round um, that the AFA announced that the super final was going to count as a championship itself up until that point it was just going to be an extra sort of end of season match to decide which of them got into the Copa Sudamericana and whether Vélez got into the Libertadores it, it started as being the only the only championship mm. in the whole season actually yeah. so and, the and way they announced a few days before the season started that it wasn't going to be a championship at all but they were still going to play it and they be new why and then at the very end of the season they changed it again so over the course of the season they went from crowning one team champions to crowning three Yes, Bayern crowning two teams champions, and then afterwards they took away this championship and they're given to Vélez again. So we're just left with Vélez and Newell's as champions. Vélez are allowed to call themselves super champions or super final winners or something, um, but officially don't have a tenth championship to add to their tally. The ninth one having been, of course, the 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 twenty twelve Donnell Inicial. Um, which means that they didn't draw level with San Lorenzo, who were on 10. They didn't uh, draw level with Alumni, who were also on 10, uh, having been disbanded about a century ago, in Alumni's case. Um, so it, it was all this, this big business about, oh, who's got the most championship? Of course, everybody ignored the fact that Alumni had any, because they're the amateur era, and as we're going to mention in a, in a minute, amateur titles don't tend to be counted by the press in Argentina. It all became very confusing. If you're listening to me going on about this and thinking, God, this is confusing, it's because everybody was very, very confused. Um, The other thing, of course, about the Super Final was that going into it, the winners of it were going to qualify for the Libertadores and the Sudamericana, both next season, the the 2013 Sudamericana and the 2014 Libertadores. But by virtue of winning the Donnell Final, Newells had already qualified for next year's Libertadores. Venice hadn't which meant that the prizes being handed out to the winning team were not going to be the same prizes for both for both uh, clubs that's the other point I mean just um, drag this kind of talk away from this technical Please competition yeah. ends up because it's already giving me a headache <laughs> I think probably the um, my salient point from this is that Newell's put out a full team and it just really didn't do many favours I don't think you know with no, that double header yeah. against Atletico Menado which we'll talk about imminently I don't know if now but very very soon mm. And yeah, it was just another match in what's been a, a very long season for Newell's. Uh, well, then, wasn't that 
they clearly weren't playing at 100. percent I mean, Martino, no, but still, I mean, the impression I got was that Martino had been told by the after as much as anything, you know, put out a proper team, please. <laughs> in, in that lovely way that Julio Grandona has of saying please to people um, then he clearly told them look don't go diving into any challenges don't do anything rash or stupid to get yourselves injured or, or knack yourselves out ahead of Wednesday night when you play Atletico um, after all of this they have to sit down they decide to take away Belles' championship and then they make a decision partly at the request of, of San Lorenzo uh, or their fans I'm not exactly sure which um, which has confused everything even more. The 1936 season uh, was done on a very similar, uh, as an experiment, was done on a very similar um, format to the season we've just had. It was two short championships followed by a final between the winners of each. Uh, but the AFA said before that season started and then all the way through the season and, and at the end of the season that there was going to be one champion and then it was going to be the winner of the final. Which I think is... Fair enough, as long as you make sure that, you know, I still think it's a stupid format, but, you know, if you're going to have it, yeah. then at least make sure that you set it all and don't change your mind halfway through and all the rest of it. Now, those championships were won by San Lorenzo and by River. River then won the championship match, let's say, the, the final. And so, until now, in Argentine football, there has been one champion for 1936 in the Primera División, and it's been River Plate. The AFA announced, at the same time as taking away Belis's star, for the Super Final, that they were going to give San Lorenzo and River both a star for the short championships that they'd won in 1936 um, in order to, to get to this Super Final. So suddenly River's official um, championship count goes from 34 up to, sorry, from 33 up to 34. The reason I, I was saying 34 to 35, then we'll come on to in a second as well. Um, San Lorenzo's goes up to 11, doesn't it? 11? Mm. 11, yes, that's right. Um, I heard from somewhere as well that I can't confirm this because I heard it on fairly, you know, partidarium bias button, but uh, that Atlanta would be picking up a star as well. Because they won the 1958 Copa Suiza. But I heard that from who's um, the Atlanta fan who's on Metro, I think. Um, Wayne Rich. Wayne Rich, yeah. Um, um, Yeah, I heard um, they weren't going to give that one to Atlanta and also. Um, I think it was 1990 the 1990 yeah. Copa Centenario confirmed it would be the first uh, star for Gimnasia de la Plata which is I mean given that that was never billed as being the championship of Argentina in the first place it's mm-hmm. even more bizarre they're going to allow them to count it but there you go okay. the, the thing is that if Racing get their way then Rivers um, tally would go up to 35 and Gimnasia in fact would be able to claim a championship yeah. from 1890 Seven or something, or eighteen ninety-eight or something like that. What if they add? If they add the amateurs, yeah, exactly. Because Racing on the amateur motion today, and in fact, this this is something which which as if they needed it wins Racing a lot of friends on hand of pod in my opinion. I know that Seba, okay, Seba is a Racing fan, but he, he's always agreed with me on this, and I'm not a Racing fan. I've always thought it, but he's well, you are a River fan, and they've got a fair number. <laughs> well, they've got one in the amateur, and this is why it goes up to thirty-five for them. Um, but it's ridiculous, in my opinion, that that when the uh, amateur championship was the championship of Argentina there wasn't a professional division then um, that those championships don't get counted today I, I think it's absolutely ludicrous and Racing of course with a fantastic uh, uh, historic um, run won seven in a row was it yeah. 1912 to 1919 right? I believe so ten in title yeah um, so it would help Racing's uh, they, they got to third place I think in fact, well, third yeah, yeah so they'll take Independiente then San Lorenzo is that right yeah and Menace, in fact. So they, where are they at the moment? Six. Yeah, they're, they're down there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
It's been, been a lean, it's been a lean 50 years. Uh-huh. Uh, this is also, of course, why I mentioned Alumni earlier on, uh, who, who won, well, 10. Although La, La Nacion, post-superfinal, managed to credit Alumni with nine championships in English high school with one, because they weren't aware that English high school changed their name to Alumni in 1902. Um, but there you go. That's the boring, historical... Um, complicated AFA-inspired part of it. We'll be back to the AFA going back on decisions a little bit later on. If anyone's still listening, there's some good stuff to come. Yeah, <laughs> and done, by the way, as well. Um, now let's get on to some of the good stuff. Newells. Newells old boys against Atletico Mineiro. We were hoping, I guess, sort of, since we're an Argentine football podcast, we were hoping by default, even though none of us support them. Um, I think so it wasn't that. I mean, now. yeah, I wasn't particularly... Keen on Boca winning last year, even though they're an Argentine team, when they got to the final against Corinthians. But this year, I thought, yeah, aside from being an Argentine team, and it'd be great to win Brazil's dominance of the competition, which stretches back now to 2010. It does, yeah, and it's also the first, uh, sorry, it's the ninth straight year with a Brazilian team in the final, at least one Brazilian team in the final. So, of course, You've already guessed or you've already worked out what, what happened. Um, Newell's Old Boys won the first leg 2 0 with a fantastic performance. I thought 2 0 flattered Atletico. If anything, Atletico was crap. Okay, they had played the game for three and a half weeks. Um, but the, the, the entire first half of that game seemed to consist of Atletico very slowly getting the ball up to the halfway line and then fannying about with it a bit and losing it. And Newell's having another goal scoring chance. Um, fully deserved win the first leg for Newell's and Atletico. Scored three minutes into the second leg, Bernard uh, pulled it back to 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 one on aggregate. Um, second half, Newell sort of were getting better. Yeah. We should also mention in the first half, Gabriel Haynes had to go off after about 23 minutes, having had his shin stamped on by Pierre, who only got a yellow card for him. Um, and then what happened to? There was another injury he got a bit later on, which was the sort of final nail in the coffin. Um, he, he collided with somebody or other. Um, and also well, there was Guzman who got well, a pretty bad injury also picked up the uh, second one and then uh, um, Nahuel Guzman the, the, the Newell's goalkeeper uh, took an almighty completely accidental but really very yeah, painful, very, very painful. Uh, kick directly even in face. slow motion it was so fast that you couldn't even see the hit yeah, so it was, it was seriously very very hard Diego Tardelli wasn't it yeah, um, and had to play the rest of the match. He looked like he was going to be subbed off uh, at one point. He, he was about eight minutes lying down on the floor being treated. I was surprised they didn't take him off, to be honest. Yeah, when, when, he, when he did stand up, he almost fell over straight away again. Yeah. Um, but he played the entire rest of the match with a heavy head bandage, cotton wool, massive of cotton wool, stuck up both noses and a couple of uh, plasters all over his nose. Um, and he played quite well. He, yeah, played nice he, he made a couple of really good yeah, saves after the impressive. injury, when, yeah. including one about five minutes after it when it was mm-hmm. still. You know, I guess a lot of people were watching and thinking, "Oh, is he going to be all right? Is he going yeah, to his reaction yeah. going to be affected or his balance or whatever?" And then he pulled off a brilliant save from, um, I think, again from Tardelli. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Obviously, it was Tardelli from sure. Left side, mano mano. Yeah, I think it was Tardelli. Um, the second half, Newells were looking starting to look a bit more comfortable. They got into their groove a bit. They were playing on the counter more through necessity than anything. But Diego Matteo was doing a superb job cleaning up in front of the back line. And then, with about 20 minutes to go, the lights went out. Um, for ten minutes or so. Yeah. Um, when they came back on, um, well, you I think it was deliberate to cool down the game. I and remain very dubious about mm-hmm. them. Uh, uh, it was very strange. Yeah. Very odd. I yeah. I, I've, I've said it and, and have people go, ah, "Don't be silly." Mm-hmm. And I've also said it and have people go, "Well, yeah, yeah, obviously." Yeah. Of course, that's what they did. It's, <laughs> it's a Brazilian hunt, hunt yeah. game, so like, you can never take too much for granted. Mm. Um, and I mean. 
at the same time, of course, if, if the match had been being played in Argentina and it was Newell's who needed the win, the lights had gone out, which is just a suspicious small yeah, right, yeah. that, and there is a bit more of a history of lights going out accidentally in, the, in Argentina. Yeah, <laughs> you must be sad. Chaco, anybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, after this, Newell, uh, Atletico, sorry, got the aggregate equaliser and ended up going for on penalties. The penalty shoot well, big mistake by Mateo, too. He was... Yeah, I mean, Mateo had awful a, clearance. Yeah, just awful. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, straight mm-hmm. to... Uh, the guy who scored the equaliser, I can't remember who it was. Chad, wasn't it? No. No? No, it wasn't Joe. Joe missed a penalty and, and kick-started a run of four of the worst penalties I've... No, Ooh, sorry, three of the worst penalties I've ever seen yeah, in a run of four. Because uh, I think it was Reynaldo Grossado missed the... Yeah. Missed oh, that was worse. Who just, just hit the angle <coughs> of... of and he had an awful game as well. Just yeah. missed him to miss every single pass. I love the guy. I mean, I yeah. think he's but a it's great player. He came in for Pablo Perez, who was suspended. Like, just can can quite do the same job in his own. After having a pretty impressive season when he has played as well, that's, mm. I mean, he, he yeah, made yeah. the pop yeah. best eleven. Let's not forget true. the Don Elfi now. Um, albeit we completely forgot that a lot of his performances were in the Libertadores and not in the final. He didn't play an awful lot of league games, but anyway, um, it was probably his, his worst performance of the year. Um, Sadly for him, and, and of course the other disappointment for Newell's now, and this is where we segue seamlessly into a bit of transfer talk, um, is that the team's going to be dismantled. I mean, normally you'd see a Copa Libertadores winning team or a championship winning team, you'd expect them to see one or two players picked off. Newell's are losing the manager, yeah. they're losing the top scorer. Gabriel Haynes is talking about possibly retiring. He says he's going to take a few days to decide. Yeah, I think Haynes is going to be very hard to come back from yeah. this because he knows that. This team's probably never going to reach the same heights again. Mm. It's obvious, like, without Martino and Nescoco, it's... Absolutely. It's not the same thing. Um, who else are they going to be missing? Uh, Anyone else moving on? Yeah, a few I think, is returning. Yeah, they were uh, talking about to, uh, China uh, and... Whoever it was who was playing for, or somebody on that. I think Benes might be leaving. Pablo Perez wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, they're going to still have a fairly decent core, I think, of players. Vangioni's staying, Bergini is staying. Vangioni's come back to the news. Yeah, Bancioni. Huh. Is Bancioni playing? River. 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 Of course. No, sorry. <laughs> <coughs> for this was like You're a talking about Bancini. I was talking about Bancini for some reason. Yeah. He popped into my head. <laughs> um, I'll do that again. They're going to have a fairly decent core of players. Obviously, Vichalba is, is staying. Um, then Santiago Bergini, uh, he says centre-back partner, is staying. They're going to be able to hold on, I think, to meet Don Casco, to... Uh, Marcos Cáceres, for example. Um, How about Maxi Rodriguez? Is staying? Maxi staying, yeah. yeah I think, I, he's, I staying. think he's, he's almost certainly. He went back for the love of the club. No. Um, as much yeah. as anything, I think he's very much expected to stay. And of course, they've got Maximiliano Ruti still up front, so you know they've, they've got the replacement for Nacho Scott yeah. already, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I heard that Ruti was all about out. Oh, really? He's off to somewhere else. I can't remember who, but. Why is that? Because he got sold, on. <laughs> OK, maybe they haven't got the replacement for Skoko in that case. So who do they bring in for Skoko? I wouldn't know. One of the many, many questions we're asking. We know who the next manager is, of course. I haven't heard this. Alfredo Jesus Benji. Um, he's been the reserve manager or the under-23 manager or something for the last uh, year and a half. So he's the, he's the new manager. It strikes me as a very kind of Barcelona-style hmm. appointment, this yeah. appointing from within when everybody's wondering, oh, you know, is it going to be this big name or that big name or whatever? Bielsa, even. Um... He was, in fact, Bielsa, he's another Bielsista, you have to assume, because uh, Bielsa gave him his debut during the 1992 Clausura, which, of course, was the championship that uh, the Newells won. Um, 
and it's very much I think from, from the little that I've read about him is expected to very much sort of continue the team in the mould that Tata Martino um, did so a very sort of attack minded team is what we're expected to see from the Orls next season but of course they're not going to have quite the same quality to call on unless mm. they put off some really I don't know big name transfer maybe get the best I think it's a solid team anyway mm. yeah we'll have to see mm. see what happens in yeah, they have a solid base left. Mm. That's it. If they can man- maintain the base, then they could have a go. Absolutely. I can't see them playing as well as this season. No, it, it'll be tricky. But even so, I mean, you have to once again applaud Martino because, as, as we said um, a couple of weeks ago when we last recorded, Newell's and Independiente started this season. I mean, 12 months ago, had exactly the same promedio. They were exactly as screwed as each other in the relegation battle, and 12 months on. Newells have just gone out of the Copa Libertadores semi-finals on penalties to a team featuring Ronaldinho mm-hmm. and Bernard and, mm. and Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, well, it's three of the guys who play in the confederations for Brazil. Oh no, we realise this. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of our listeners are English and might not have quite the same memory of Joe from when he was obviously oh. bad for City <laughs> in the Premier League. Um, another little quick bit of transfer talk I think there have been one or two big decisions since we last recorded most uh, visibly is that David Tresegic, um is uh, no longer a River Plate player absolutely shameful or rather shameful. I think they're trying to get to extend his why? contract so they can loan him out mm-hmm. rather than I'm uh, still asking myself why what's the reason for this is yeah. it because Ramon Diaz doesn't I'm want another big deal yeah yeah I think that the main reason that I can see is because Ramon Diaz wants complete control of yeah. the vestuario as they yeah. say here no, I, uh, mm-hmm. lots of people say that it was a bit of a clash of egos between him mm-hmm. and Diaz but there's also uh, he, he spent a lot of the Toneo uh, final in injured and you know that he's not going to be on yes. small money, let's say, by river standards. So, That's on true. that level, I guess I can And also, when he's okay, you have to put him, because yeah. he's a pressure. Of course, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's on the bench, you don't even call him for a match. Yeah. Uh, Rosario Central at the moment are looking most likely to, to sign him, but there's, there could be a long way to go still with, with the saga of where Tresiget ends up playing. Well, I'd love him to go to Atlanta. I'd love him <laughs> to do it. Platense also his first I'm club. sorry, Platense. No, 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 no
there's always the danger of that kind of player that, that we kind of overruled by the shirt over, overruled by the La Bombonera and not and not come through but at the same time these, these aren't players who are going to come into the dressing room and say like right Bianchi I want this 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 and this and this and this and yeah, so maybe maybe it's, um, it's the best way Boca's out over the uh, winter break so far I think Clemente Rodriguez who managed to get sent off on his South Paulo <laughs> debut <laughs> the other night uh, during the New Orleans Atlantico game much to everyone's amusement I can only think that Sao Paulo haven't watched um Argentine game for the last two years. Yeah. Yes. There's no other way to rationalise that. It's by far the most likely explanation. Um, Oscar Rustari, uh, the reserve goalkeeper's left. Leandro Samosa has gone to Lanús apparently, which if he manages to get some of his form back, could be good for Lanús or it might not. Uh, Franco Sosa, Lampard, Acosta, and um, have all gone. Emiliano Albina's returned to Peñarol after his loan was up. He barely got used. No, it's a shame. He's got he's got potential, but he just was at Boca at the wrong time. He also had some scathing words for Bianchi. Did anyone see this when he arrived back in Montevideo and, and the press said, you know, what did you learn from your six months on loan at Boca under one of the, the greatest managers in the history of South American football? And he said, um, the team were all at sea. Bianchi never really got a handle on the dressing room. And then he, he said... Uh, Really frequently, we'd be sitting in the dressing room before the game, and he'd be giving us our pre-match instructions, and we'd be told to do things that we just hadn't trained for at all during the week. Which makes me wonder whether he's just saying this yeah. Yeah. due to the dressing room divisions, or whether it's actually true. Or what. I was really hoping he would have come out and said, ah, "You know what? We would have been better off being cu- being coached by Larry David." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sebastián Palacios has gone to Unión de Santa Fe. That could be a good signing for Ognon in the, in the B. Yeah. Um, and the kid who we've mentioned only a couple of times, but who seems to be a little bit of a sort of cult figure in terms of, oh, look at this kid, he's going to be the next big thing. Orlando Gaona Lugo um, has gone to Cerro Porteño. Doesn't say here whether that's a loan or whether it's a permanent move. Because he's half Paraguayan, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Silva and Arbiti have been. Uh, They're training with, training with the youth team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Silva yeah. and Arbiti. Arbiti has said that he doesn't want to play as a defensive midfielder anymore because uh, he's already getting. I mean, when when you're an offensive midfielder in a team that starts with Riquelme, you know that you're probably not going to play in the position that, no. that that you want to. And he said that he's basically. He said, I'm too old for this shit. And <laughs> just running around like crazy. He's you know. gone back to Mexico, hasn't he? He's gone to Atlanta. Oh, no, that's all for. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, Which right. is why now he's. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant player. And uh-huh. so underused in Boca. So. Very much. Um, I hope he stays in, in Argentinian football. Any other really big transfers caught your eyes? Oh, Jonathan Fabros comes to River yeah. from San Rafaela. Which has been the, the novella of the winter, mm-hmm. anyways. They're also River are talking about hiring back the gunman, hiring back one of the bringing terrible together back to Argentina, mm-hmm. which I suppose from hand of pods view in terms of having somewhere to laugh at, <laughs> undeniably a good thing. I'm sure you'd be looking forward to seeing him back in the league, if not at your own club. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a fun guy. But what kind of reception would he get? If you know the first game back when when River visit oh, the FC Libra, let's say, question, question. if he was a River fat, uh, player, of course, which is by no means one hundred percent, it would change a lot, though. If he came back and played for River, like, a lot of fans wouldn't like that particularly. Mm. But if you're going to just say on how he left Racing, no, a lot of a lot of fans still have a lot of uh, affection for him. I mean, he's the only decent goal scorer um, Racing have had in the world. Yeah, since I've been anyway in the mm-hmm. last four years, 
Well, you have Vieto now. Yeah, but he's, you wouldn't say he's a goal scorer, goal scorer. No, he's, he's a very, very talented yeah. kind of attacking midfield, media bunda, who scores lots of goals. Yeah. He's, he's had a superb six months as well, but when he transfers that into a superb 12 months, 18 months, two years, or whatever, then I think you'll be able to say, yeah, he's, a, he, he's the, the business. Yeah. Um, another player, and we should ask Santi about this one. Uh, how do you feel about Arsenal's um, transfer dealing so far, Santi? Um, well, we are basically. Basically, uh, we're the, the team is getting disbanded. Basically, we have. Um, uh, it's kind of like this happened in the transfer window after you joined the podcast because one of the first yeah. things you said on there was how Arsenal always managed to hang on to these players. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and suddenly they're having the, the yeah. The I mean, too. you see, this is a squad that won the last uh, the, the championship well a year ago, and also the Supercopa against Boca. They, they had a decent run in the Libertadores too, and if they hadn't played the Libertadores, I think they could have gone for the championship as well. Cause it, it, it wasn't too far off. Yeah, they came through in the um, second half. Of the season again. Yeah, yeah. First off was very I mean this, this is obviously a very very good squad and there's a lot of players here who are asking for a signing uh, for a long time now. Um, so Lisandro Lopez is the, the main one. Uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, central defender who's going off for uh, Benfica. Yeah. I should another room uh, related to River Carbonero. Oh, that's, a, that's another one that I was about uh, to, to, to tell you about. Carboneres, uh, I think it's confirmed that he's going Supposedly to River. It's 90% certain yeah. or something. It's, it's not just absolutely. That would be a very, fantastic sign. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, just that yeah. pace on the right, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very, very, very yeah, good. Certainly very creative. creative. I think I'm getting mm-hmm. Torbe back online. I mean, oh, Carbonero. Massive. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Carbonero than Torbe at this level. Carbonero occasionally passes the ball. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's yeah. brilliant. Honestly, he's brilliant. And we're also missing um, Jorge Ortiz, who's going up for Lanús. Yeah. And he's very much the spine of our team, so that's uh, also worrying. Mm-hmm. And also yes, Darío Benedetto, who's going for uh, Jolos de Tijuana. Yeah. So we're losing the central midfielder, the central defender, and the central uh, forward which is not not good in my opinion. Yeah, Mariano but what can you do? Says, so it's going to back to studio yeah. as well. Thank uh, you for your services, Mariano. You think the players you've brought in, though, I mean, they're not bad. I'm looking at the assuming no, it's, um, <coughs> it's accurate. You know, low low profile players. Uh, we didn't get uh, any big incorporations. Big like you know, it's not like Luguercio or Mariano Gonzalez. Broke up a couple of players from the from the B as well. The uh, Christian, Christian Mila from Defensa y Justicia. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> also the Alejandro is the, the goalkeeper. He used to be our coming back from his loan stuff. He had about eight years in Arsenal before, but he's gonna be the the reserve one because uh, yeah. of course Campestrini is still going strong. Yeah. And also there's a forward coming over from Douglas Hyde de Pergamino, oh, really? I believe. Yeah. But you know, low profile. A bit what I like what Caruso is doing over at Argentina. <laughs> he said, I mean, he said um, I need uh, from 13 to 15 new players for the squad. <laughs> He's had this open, <laughs> open yeah, so training season. <laughs> I think one thing that the Caruso kind of Lombardi thing is, isn't it? Yeah. Is the, we, we talk about him as the whatever the, the Mourinho figure, but in many ways he's also a bit of a Redknapp figure. Um, if you're Redknapp's lawyers, please don't bother getting in touch with us. Uh, we've got for Argentinos coming in Matias Mirabaje, Osvaldo Miranda from Ferro, Bruno Barreto from Douglas Haig, Enrique Triberio from Juventud Antoniana, 
I'll say Luis Palomino from uh, on a free transfer from San Lorenzo. Leandro Sanchez from Instituto. They're interested in Denis Strakwalorsi, who would feed so much in Caruso Lombardi's way of playing football, but it would be hilarious. Uh, and they've lost Leandro Caruso, Matias Martinez, Juan Luis Alangono Leon, Marco Figueroa, Fabio Vasquez, and Sebastián Navarro. All on freeze. Yeah. Just, uh, and you also have to take into account that same at the Shan. Of course, yeah, the three guys is contrast with the other one. So he's basically making his new team, a new team of his own, as he did in Racing before. Caruso-izing it, yeah. yeah. He always says this, comes in, saves the team from relegation, mm-hmm. and Caruso-izes the team and fucks him for the next three yeah. years. Like, he had this open trial for players, too. He always does this. <laughs> yeah, he he did it back at, at Racing, and it's fantastic. just open trial. Anyone who plays yeah. football and can show up, and if Caruso likes it, yeah. you're in. <clears throat> Are any of Hunter mm-hmm. Pot tempted to give this a go? <laughs> I might go along. I'm rubbish hey, at football, but I can get into a Caruso team, surely. Why not? Why not? If you want to kick someone hard, then you might get into it. I'd love to tell my brother when he gets here on He's got to be better than a lot of the defenders in play for. Um, Dan, I guess from Racing's point of view, we're, not, we're only going to talk, I guess, really very briefly on, on this, but since we've got a Racing fan here, from, from your point of view, um, the main priority in, in the transfer window just has to be not selling all of the the wonder kids yeah and I don't think that's going to happen I know um, I tweeted yesterday that Udinese have apparently come in with a 6 million euro bid for Rodrigo de Paul yeah and I know Farinha's wanted by a couple of clubs in Portugal uh, not too much talk about Vieto and Sundurion so it looks like you know because the um, directors basically put them to out of bounds but mm. I'll be happy to see one of the one of the kids go you know one of the form I think is expendable either de Paul or um, or Farinha. Especially for the kind of money that they're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. Like <clears throat> six million euros for someone who's played half a season in um in Primera and also that would be to leave them for in Racing for a year. Yeah. Which would be a brilliant piece of business really. In terms of some of the signings Racing are making as well, I, I like Mario Regueiro. Yeah, that's almost certain. Yeah. Taliafico. Taliafico from, from Bang as well. Um Quiles. He was in Fabian Vargas as well, which really no. is a lot of interest. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's He's had like death threats and everything since. Yeah. But yeah, that looks like it will probably go for Africa. He's coming to, back to Argentina at the weekend, and if he's going to stay in Argentina, it's going to be with Racing, it looks like. Yeah. And of course, Gabriel Alcha as well, who actually rejoined the squad just before the end of the season, but could play um, yeah. from his load at Kiev or Verona. How do you feel about that? Alchim is I know such you didn't particularly like him beforehand, but at the same time, he can only have improved after six months training with a European club. Yeah, but in that time, I think he played one game. Yeah, so. That much. That useful. Alchim is such a frustrating, enigmatic player. You can see he's got all the talent in the world, like, and he's, you know, you can never fault him for trying. He's like such a hard worker, he runs, but something just, yeah, in Racing, he's never quite. Um, Got it going. Like he's missed a lot of chances. He's you know a bit of a bit of a scatter rain in front of the goal. Um, but maybe this will be his year. Maybe if you put him alongside the kids and you just mm-hmm. give him re- rain to run. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it'll work. Mm. Um, anything else that we can remember from mm. the the dealings so far? From the transfers. Well, oh, well, getting some extra money uh, from the transfers. We can transfers. say about San Lorenzo. We were buying some very interesting players. Yes. 
Elisari from from Quilmes is a is a fantastic signing. It was one of the revelations of the Donnell final. Yeah, uh, he was supposed to go to Racing, but he went to San Lorenzo. And they, they've also got Fabrizio Fontanini from Rafaela. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rosario Fontanini, Calderuccio from Quilmes, who was one of the best players. Great, great. Um, I, I think he only really failed to make the hand of Pod best eleven because of the fact that the yeah. front three who we did choose yeah. were so brilliant. It was Scocco and uh, two other players. Scocco, Giliotti, and Vieto. Vieto. Yes, you're quite right. Well done. Um, yeah, they've got some very good signings. And plus, they've got a very good base of young players as well. We saw Correa come through, Ruiz, who didn't feature as much, but he's a very good talent. Uh, Veron, another youngster who's got some fantastic goals. Yeah, um, San Lorenzo, and it's early to say, but they're definitely going to be one of the teams to watch. And they've got a quality coach. They have, yeah. And also, um, talking also about Veron. Three years, is it? PT three, three years, contract for? Yeah. British and Argentina is like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beron has been confirmed to be back in training with Estudiantes. Uh, he, uh, this is Juan Sebastián. Yeah, Juan Sebastián, yeah. the proper one. <laughs> no, not Juan Ramón. <laughs> no, no. Or Gonzalo Beron. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the most famous one. And uh, I, I just learned that he played a bit of an amateur tournament in La Plata this season, which he, oh, yes, he yes. won with a brilliant goal. But still, <laughs> you, you have to you have to see how he's up for Primera Competition. Yeah. But, and interesting anyway. If, if you were playing some Sunday League, which is basically the level that he was playing at this season, <laughs> yeah, well, how terrifying would it be if you're a Sunday League player and you line up in the opposition? And you've probably been out in the piss the night before, you've had Nasado before the game, mm-hmm. like, and then you just got put on, like, fucking yeah. ready to go, I haven't played for a year. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, no, I'm going. <laughs> And uh, Independiente have a couple of good signings too. Yeah, but opinion. they're in the mm-hmm. same division. Like, it's not going to be Independiente have got a uh, so like ahead of them, mm-hmm. but as I say, I think we'll probably talk about that when we have an Independiente fan on. Uh, one of the others was that apparently, I saw somebody mention that River, if, if they can't get there with the address, they want to try and go for Skokko. Fantastic to keep him in the league at least. Yeah. But, uh, well, I can't see I'm more than happy about it as a yeah. real fan. I can't see him staying in the league if it's not with Mules. No, no I, I can't either. They're Brazil at the moment, I think, seems to be the most likely destination. Yeah. They're talking about Internacional, perhaps, so you can team mm-hmm. up with Diego Fornal, which would be wow. something to see. Um, I don't think we're going to talk too much more about transfers, no. or indeed at all more about transfers. No, I think we got a couple of questions on transfers, maybe. But yeah, we probably have. Um, so we're going to play some music now and we'll get on to your listeners' questions. says first of all we knew that we were going to get a couple more specific transfer request thingies um, he says could you possibly shed any light on the transfer comings and goings at Veles for instance Gago Sarate Ferreira Peruzzi um, are there any good moves from Veles's point of view Ferreira's uh, uh, gone and I'm really really annoyed about this move absolutely furious why because he's gone to the Ukraine what the fuck is he doing <laughs> well there's a lot of money on offer yeah but I mean 
We've talked about this a lot of times in the pod. It's just a black hole for Argentine footballers. They go there and they don't get a look in again for the national team. Or it's a place they just don't come out of again. How, how much is it for? About six, six point five million euros or something? No, it's fine. He's going to make a lot of money, but it's like you know, it's a bit of a Faustian pack, you know. Mm. Pact. But you know, he's going. He's going to make his fortune, but at the same time, he's basically writing himself out of any chance of breaking into the Argentina team. So you'd rather he went to Sunderland? I'd rather he went to a decent team in Spain or Italy where he's just in Savela's eye where he's you know I think he's a quality forward he's, he's got what it takes Is Sunderland in Savela's eye? This is the next crucial question because the next Javier Sanetti the kid who's going to be the Argentina right back for the next 20 years yeah, I mean, early on hand of pod first yeah. has time for Sunderland to all Yeah the Premier League is obviously a lot more in, in his case I mean Tevez is not there but Savela wasn't looking at him anyway but no. you've got Aguero you've got Sabaleta, Corocini, like, yeah, the Premier League is a great move for an Argentine mm. player right now, much better than Ukraine. Um, in terms of the Peruzzi transfer, at least, I certainly think, obviously, that has got a, a fairly decent fee, I think, for Ferreira, um, particularly given some of, of Ferreira's past uh, in, injury issues. Peruzzi for €5 million Euros it's still. is an insane price. I yeah. mean, yeah. That could turn into the bargain of the century. If yeah. they, you know, even if, if he impresses for a couple of years and yeah. end up making an enormous profit selling him on elsewhere, it, it could still be brilliant. And if they manage to keep hold of him and build a, a decent team, I mean, Sunderland, God forbid, are looking like they could put together yeah. um, a, a, a fairly decent side this year. Which just seems like another t- another instance of this kind of undervaluing of defensive players and right backs that happens all the time in Argentina. Like, That's true. Um, a, comparable, a comparable player of. Uh, of Bruce's ability that plays attacking midfield or striker you're talking about 15 million mm. easily and yes the position like no one gives a shit about players who play fullback or play in the cent- or centre back so yeah 5 million Villas will take it yeah absolutely um, in terms of, of other stuff around Villas where they're trying to get Manuel Sarate back which I think would be fantastic if they could do it uh, it'd be on a free as well so that would somewhat make up for losing Ferreira obviously as you say the big mistake with Ferreira is more on the players part than on the century. how much days but they sell was added for like 20 million or something just looking up very quickly but yeah you might well be right it was something it was something ridiculous and then yeah they're also losing Copete which you know it's a big 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 blow for the offense all the 15 matches no goals 15 matches confirmed players out so far Franco Razzotti to Independiente Gino Peruzzi to Sunderland, Facundo Ferreira to Shakhtar Donetsk from Ukraine. Well, let me clarify that one. They don't bother telling you what country independence in Sunderland are in. Uh, Mariano Bitolo to Colón, Juan Sils to Universidad de Chile, the two days, according to them. Um, both of those players are very much reserved. Sils played a fair bit, I think. Bitolo, almost nothing, although he, he played a few times. Um, Freire, Nicolas Freire, is going to Catania. He must have played about five games for them already. That's a yeah. that's good video. Yeah. Yeah. Good YouTube skills yeah. by his. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for somebody, I mean, if they got any transfer fee at all for that, then for the player who's played the number of matches for the first team that he has, I think that's a bite your arm off kind of thing. Fernando Gago is of course going back to Valencia on loan. They're trying to loan him out for another six months. I think he'd like to. Boca are trying to get him back if they can as well. Doesn't look like Valencia are going to let him come back to Argentina though. Um, he's had a kid now, so you know his his reason, his excuse yes, for coming down there in the first time is, is no longer valid. But he's still only twenty. Is he twenty seven yet? He was twenty six when he came out. Um, 
So I think he needs to give it another go in Europe, really, from a footballing point of view. I mean, he's got it all, you know, he's struggling in club football, but he's undisputed at the moment in the national team and mm. he's playing very well. Like, definitely he's, he's got the talent if he can find the right club. Absolutely. Uh, Gaston Diaz um, has, of course, was loaned to Tigre for the season, he's come back um, and they're letting him go, apparently. Um, and Herman Montosha is off to Colón. Um, those are the confirmed outs at Belas. The only uh, they, they've got Hector Canteros, uh, Velasquez that have provided first night for him. I'm not sure which one they're talking about. Uh, David Ramirez and Leandro de Sabato have all come back from loan. Ah, that's um, come back. to Maros Sarate. Let's have a look at Also, Maxi Morales is a name that's come up a few times. Yes, time, yeah, which yeah. would be brilliant. I love seeing him in in the Primera. Be- brilliant player and beautiful, as I was going to say. <laughs> So um, Copete is not confirmed to to have left Belis. I thought he was left like just free and with his pass on, on his hands. It doesn't mention him no. there, but of course Straight. we are just taking this very quickly from Ole, so it could be anything. Um, transfer fee when when Sarate went from uh, Belis to Al Sadd was seven point five million. Um, you sure? No, it wasn't. No. It says 7.5 million on transfer map, but then it's. Oh, uh, right, no, sorry, I missed one. I'm reading the wrong column. It was 13.2 million pounds, uh-huh. um, cool. which is a lot of money. That's like 20 million, million dollars, isn't it? Yeah, somewhere around 18, 19 million dollars. <laughs> um, yeah. It'd be a very good bit of business. <laughs> it would indeed. He's still only 26 as well. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so those are the main, the main ones with Bellis, but you kind of wonder whether Bellis needs to try and build an entirely new team or whether the players they had during the final were actually good enough mm-hmm. and they were just severely under-motivated all the time because they look crap They've during the top really final well, but sure. we know that these are players yeah, who can play we know they've got the players. manager who can play they were trying to play the right way and nothing was coming off for them mm-hmm. so it's uh, very much kind of I mean they could be superb again in the mm-hmm. Don ECL they've always got that potential uh, I, I think they will to be honest I think once they've yeah. without the distraction of Copa uh, Sudamericana or Libertadores I, I think they're going to be back in, in contention yeah very good squad uh, they have uh, next question, also from J. Dot, uh, is do you think Shakhtar is a good move for Facundo Ferreira at this point in his career? Could he cut it to the top league? I think Dan's already answered that one, really. No and yes in that order, mm-hmm. right? Um, disastrously idiotic from the player himself, in many ways. Um, Tom Sunderland asks, one thing that crept into my mind earlier, is Lucas Ocampos living up to billing with Monaco? Uh, his de- has his development been off course? No idea. No, you'd need to ask somebody who watches the French Second Division, I'm afraid, Tom. Um, if anybody of you, if any Hamlet Pod listeners do watch the Second Division, uh, please tweet an answer to Tom's question to Hamlet Pod. Um, the username is Hamlet Pod, all one word, um, and I will make sure that, his, that your answer gets, gets to him. Um, Joshua Bramlett says, were there any celebrations in the streets for River's new 80-year-old championship? <laughs> Uh, no, there weren't. There were no. some posters from Boca fans of uh, a bunch of skeletons with medals hung around their necks saying, <laughs> congratulations. <or whatever. laughs> of course, there were also some posters from River fans jokingly pointing out that the AFA had... For some reason, the AFA felt the need to confirm or ratify that Boca never actually got promoted, that they'd come up by decree in 1913. Um, and this is seen as a victory in some way. I found it utterly bizarre because no one's ever denied that that happened. It's just this stupid <laughs> yeah. immaturity that takes place between these, these two clubs at times. It's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, there you have it. Um, 
And finally, Jose Miguel Polanco says, what do you think Gabriel Hainsey's next move will be? I'm predicting retirement. Yeah, I think so. Probably. There you go. Uh, that's your lot. We hope you've enjoyed this little mid-break uh, episode of Hand Pod. We were going to be recording another in a couple of weeks to... Um, we were hoping to be recording another in a couple of weeks uh, to be recapping Newell's uh, Copa Libertadores victory or loss in the final. Um, of course, they're not in the final, so we won't be doing. We're going to be taking at least next week off, and then we'll work out when the pre-season edition will be. The Torneo Inicial begins on the weekend of the 8th of, uh, of August. Um, we no, have the, Thursday, but it begins on the weekend of, the, of Sunday, the 11th of August. So there's Friday. a um, couple of Copa Argentina games too that there are mentioning. Yeah. Um, Estudiantes are playing Quilmes on the 23rd of July, which is... Oh, that's not for that's another week and a half. That's yeah. Almost two weeks away on the Tuesday. Uh, yeah. So the Copa Argentina is a confusing kind of tournament this year. <laughs> matches all over the place and often matches from different rounds in the same week as each other and all this kind of stuff. But uh, yes, yeah, have to play Kilmes in, in just under a couple of weeks, and that's that's for the octavos de final, which are yeah. the round of sixteen, basically. Um, also, uh, Santi wanted to mention the promotions in the lower divisions. Oh yeah, yeah, very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, because um, B Nacional, which is where Independiente will be playing next season, so um, they're, they're going to be having twenty-two instead of twenty teams this season, and so they have right, four. Two uh-huh. teams got relegated this season. Just, just gone, two teams got relegated teams and up, four yeah. teams got promoted. There were two promotions. Um, one was uh, Sportivo Belgrano mm-hmm. from Córdoba, San Francisco. So that means three trips to Córdoba for Independiente this year. Tacheres, uh, Instituto and Sportivo Belgrano. And also um, Brown da Drogué, which won a thrilling uh, penalty uh, shootout against Almagro for the Reducido final in the Metro, mm. and uh, I watched the final, um, the Argentino final from uh, where Sportivo Belgrano beat uh, Santa Marina, and uh, there was this player I was telling you about, Juan Pablo Francia, mm. who's going to be playing in the B Nacional. He has a very interesting story, and he he went to Bordeaux, which is from the first league in French football, uh, when he was 16, I believe, and he had a very promising debut there, and. and had a very nice run for I think it was six or seven seasons. So he's called Francia and, and he went to play in France. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a nice coincidence. And he felt like he missed Cordoba. He missed his hometown of San Francisco. So he basically quit football, came back, didn't play football for a year yeah. and a half or two years. He went up to 100 kilos, which you'll tell me how much pounds it is, but not. Not oh, proper. <laughs> no, yeah, no. That's, that's a lot. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. Almost, uh, I mean, I'm only skinny, but that's almost twice what I'm. <laughs> I am very yeah. skinny. Not fitting for a pro, uh, professional football player. Then they convinced him to come back to his hometown team, which was in the fourth league, uh, league of Argentinian football by then, in Argentino B. He got them through to Argentino A with a promotion a couple of years ago, and now they're playing independent in the second division. His Wikipedia page doesn't mention this year or so that he spent out the game. It just says he went <laughs> straight from Bordeaux to, to Sportivo Belgrano. With no years in between? With no years. According to Wikipedia, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't specifically say it, but it just doesn't mention mm-hmm. that. Right. It does mention that his nickname is Gordo, which is <laughs> fatty. Um, so but he's brilliant, really. He, he really made a difference in the final. And um, I really want to see him play because 
he's always played in leagues that yeah. that aren't televised, so you really never get to see this guy play. And I'm looking forward to seeing him. I guess Independiente, which will be mm. thrilling. Absolutely. That is going to be. And we should also just clarify that Sportivo Belgrano de Cordoba don't have anything to do with Belgrano de Cordoba. No. That we don't get. It's not like the Spanish League or whatever where we have reserve sides in the same pyramid system here. That doesn't happen. Um, so they're two different clubs with very similar names. Who would have ever thought that in Argentina? Mm. We could think of various examples of this, I think. Yeah. Um, Huracán. You have a million You have Defensores de Belgrano and Defensores de Belgrano de Villa Ramacho. Central Cordoba, the one who confused me. Yes, they're not in Rosario and Rosario Central. Both of whom play in Rosario Central Cordoba, even though they're called Central Cordoba, do not play in Cordoba. Confusing. Anyway, there you go. That's your lot for this week's special Hand of Pod. We hope you've enjoyed it um, as much as we have. And for now, we will say goodbye. We will uh, tell you to enjoy the rest of your your winter break, or indeed the glorious English summer, which I'm told by my friends is, is still ongoing after a week, which is astonishing. Um, it's goodbye for now from Santiago. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye, thank you for listening. Uh, we don't know when we'll see you again, Dan, but we hope it's not too long. Um, and goodbye from me. Goodbye.